Welcome to Ghoul's Questions podcast from Corvin Networks, created for global corporate venturing. For more information, please visit www.corvin.com. Hello, today I'm joined for uh, Ghoul's Question time for uh, HI Networks and Global Corporate Venturing News article by uh, Stephen Lake, who's managing partner of Codigate Ventures. Hello, Stephen. Hello there. Um, so, Stephen, thanks so much for uh, joining us uh, to give us some insights into Codigate Ventures. Can you first of all give us an idea of sort of the, the size of the funds when it was uh, formed and the sort of business areas you focus on? Please? Sure. Well, Codigate was formed in August of 2007. We now have um, about 110 million sterling under management. We got in business by essentially doing a secondary transaction in partnership with Kinetic, a UK uh, research defence company, and Collar Capital, who are one of the world's leading secondary investors and who sort of pioneered the um, the corporate secondary market. Mm-hmm. That enabled us to get up in business with seven businesses that um, I actually had incubated myself initially as part of Kinetic's new business accelerator through its IPO. The, um, from there, what we've done is really focused on building those companies initially. Um, we have a fairly consistent set of themes that are tied into those companies and also areas that we're interested in the future. Those are intelligent infrastructure, where we believe that most of the things around us will have some form of sensing or intelligence built into it and be able to communicate that information. Yeah, the yep. broader area of security, which is not just the sort of the traditional sort of um, security of um, cyber security, etc., but we, we sort of view energy security um, as being relevant in that kind of area. And then also uh, the broader issue of of sustainability. You, you hear a lot about, I think, people saying they're involved in clean tech as a, um, as a focus, and that's a, essentially uh, a sort of a part of what we're after, but we feel also that there's a lot of opportunity in looking at things like the um, maximizing the life of carbon-based fuels as well as focusing on non-carbon-based activities, so things that reduce waste um, improve efficiency, you know, uh, enable um, oil reservoirs to have um, the production yields increased so that actually existing carbon assets last longer. I think those are all sort of legitimate areas for us. Okay, yep. I think the other sort of key thing to note about um, sort of our focus is that we have a, uh, a different investing style than you might see in a traditional sort of venture firm in that we hold very large percentages in businesses. We uh, proactively look to create new businesses um, with our technology partners and and also through the technology assets we already have. So you're going to see with us always uh, a smaller portfolio than you might typically see and and also a, a larger ownership percentage in those companies than you might typically see. Okay, good, good. So can you give us a bit, bit more of an idea about one of your more recent sort of new businesses that you might have sort of created? Yes, so 
we've had a, um, a very interesting nanotechnology business that was, um, we brought out as part of the secondary transaction I referred to. The business that we brought out at that time was called Kinetic Nanomaterials and was essentially a, uh, uh, you know, a collection of um, promising uh, nanotechnology um, capabilities that had been put in place. And we've spent some time since we've um, formed the funds looking at how to turn that um, into new valuable sort of application areas where you ultimately create value. And we've, um, we've had, we've, in that context, we've had a health and wellness business that we created a couple of years back that was beginning to get some nice momentum. But what we've just created, which um, we feel is um, quite exciting, is a printed electronics business where we have been able, through the nanotechnology production platform, been able to essentially uh, manufacture metals such as copper uh, in a very fine nano form then we've been able to coat those through that process so they don't oxidize, drop those into an ink, and then create, essentially, the ability to print uh, electronic circuits at room temperature onto a variety of substrates. So that's, from our perspective, you know, that's a, a pretty big area um, and something we're quite excited about. Good. Good. Okay. And something else I know that you've been involved with Cody Gate Ventures is around sort of bringing your business portfolio together in a technology cluster. Can you give us some insights into how that has been developed and that's been recently announced and what you're doing there, please? Yeah. So um, that's actually essentially tied into two initiatives, really. One is um, more near term to the benefit of our existing portfolio and the other one is really sort of looking to the to the years uh, ahead um, as we sort of uh, build beyond the current portfolio. So what we've done is we have um, developed a relationship with New York State, and through that a relationship with the upstate area of New York State based around Rochester, and we have essentially um, been able to work a relationship there where we are going to um, renovate one of the existing buildings on the Kodak Business Park that was um, made empty through the um, uh, reduction in the Kodak workforce over the last few years and turn that into the Cody Gate Innovation Center in Rochester, New York. And we're going to be putting three of our companies, uh, which are OmniID, the intrinsic printed electronic business that I just talked about mm -hmm. and Quintel are all going to establish operations in that building essentially as an anchor um, for you know, newer things that, um, you know, that we'll be able to do in that region over time. Why we kind of like this kind of approach is that um, one, that um, it provides us with um, some grant dollars to match off against our own investment, which is obviously very helpful. Yes. The, uh, the talent pool um, in an area like Rochester is actually extremely good. It compares, interestingly, very well with um, uh, you know, some areas of Silicon Valley, you know, uh, sort of Austin, Texas area, um, Boston area. It's got a very similar type of... Um, 
mix of um, new degree, postgraduate degree, technology-focused, um, skilled people in that area. But it's not um, uh, overrun with um, you know, venture capitalists as some of those other areas are. So um, it's a very interesting area for us to be able to build um, uh, you know, new businesses over time while also helping to essentially um, uh, you know, build our, our current portfolio. Good. Good. And can you give us some, ch- some insights into some of the challenges you've been facing most recently with your investors and the ventures? How, how have you seen the, the, the market for your, for your businesses in the, in, in the recent times? The, um, I think you know, the, the tough thing has obviously has been the recession. Uh, I guess you know, we created our, uh, our business in August 2007 just in time for the world to go into uh, two years of a uh, recession. And, um, you know, and that brings some you know, challenges with it as you're looking for you know, um, order growth in some of these businesses early on and you know, corporates are busy clumping down the hatches on, the, on things. So you know, that was, um, you know, that's been sort of an interesting thing to navigate through. I think we've actually done pretty well, actually. Um, and interestingly enough, our biggest challenge right now, ironically, is um, sort of linked to that. But to do with growth is that you know, quite a few of the companies have sort of navigated out the other side of that and are growing quite quickly at the moment. And we have quite a few product-based businesses in our portfolio. So you know, working capital as you grow these businesses quickly uh, becomes a you know, an important, uh, you know, cog in financing these businesses. Uh, watch that, yeah. And getting working capital for this kind of fast-growing early-stage business has been uh, a challenge. <laughs> so I think really those two things are things that um, uh, are the two things that have challenged us most. We, you know, we've had a look at um, benchmarking our portfolio against uh, other companies in similar spaces at similar stage. And from that perspective, we've seen that actually pretty much across the board, the businesses are one or two in their category. And have invested actually quite a bit less cash than some of those other businesses through the more challenging period we've just gone through. So I think from that perspective, I think we've seen quite a few challenges. Um, I, think, I think perhaps our style of... Um, owning bigger percentages and being a bit more hands-on uh, with the companies has actually been helpful um, in managing things that way as opposed to throwing large amounts of cash to get them through the, um, you know, through and out the other side of the recession. So um, but that's been good. But I would say from where we sit today that, you know, it, it, it's working capital, um, which actually, I guess in one way it's a good problem to have because it, you know, we're having the problem because companies are growing, but yeah. um, but it's still a challenge that needs to be resolved. Yeah, and you're not finding the banks are any more forthcoming in that in the current environment in in the US and the UK is a similar issue. They're all fairly cautious um, in this space, and they've got some very interesting you know interest rates. We'd be happy to uh, <laughs> charge you. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So it's sort of seeing past that and, and finding a few more innovative um, new partners that can see other opportunities. So actually talking to businesses that are in the more traditional in the areas of project finance and infrastructure finance, yeah. you can see future business opportunities that may well come from some of these businesses getting bigger 
it's sort of a an avenue with the, you know that we're focusing on. Good, good. And Stephen, with uh, when you're not flying to Rochester and uh, being involved in the ventures, what do you do to re- relax away from away from the uh, the business? Uh, yeah, well, relaxing for me, I guess, perhaps no surprise from the style of our business is, is not necessarily one of, you know, sitting down and reading a book the, um, all the time. I have, um, I bought um, the agricultural land um, behind our home, so we now have a 25-acre back garden um, of, uh, of area of outstanding natural beauty. Uh, here in the Cotswolds, so I, uh, I get out there at uh, you know, weekends and there's uh, plenty for me to do in terms of managing the land, um, but it's great. It's relaxing for me from a perspective of being outdoors rather than indoors and doing something that's different. There's you know, a huge amount of wildlife out there in terms of um, you know, deer, um, pheasants, foxes and all that kind of stuff and you know, what, you know, all of the um, birds of prey with buzzards and kestrels and so that's sort of what I like to do at weekends um, uh, perhaps like a lot of guys I'm also very interested in music so I do have a hobby uh, along the side of, um, of building a um, quite a large music collection and uh, I've got a nice terabyte server hidden in the cupboard which is slowly being filled with uh, slowly being filled with music over time, which I can sort of uh, click on in any room in the uh, in the house, and that's, that's actually been a sort of a, a fun project to sort of research and uh, you know find out about old bands and where do they come from and uh, you know pick up the album before you know the album that was done and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. those two things keep me busy. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much, Stephen. Really appreciate the um, the insights you've given us to uh, Cody Gate Ventures. Pleasure.